Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. This is the one and only Todd Huff. It is good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, appreciate your patience. We've been, you know, as we've been um, adjusting to the change, the changes here, just had some delays and actually the past couple of days we had a technical issue with some of our soundboard when we um it doesn't really matter other than to say we are here we are back and i appreciate your uh, your patience with us as we've been adjusting here and are getting ready to launch uh, the truth tour for those of you that are curious we had a nice time on vacation last week and i want to say thank you to those who are or those who filled in for us last week and that would include Chris Dunham early last week that would include Micah Beckwith late last week and that would uh, include John Crane uh, early this week so I say thank you to those folks and appreciate them holding down the fort while we've been gone you know when you come back after I don't know a little bit of time away like this it's of course we've got overload of information information overload here and I think a lot of that's by design it's by intention right I mean the left realizes that they are in a very serious predicament they've got a president whose approval rating is tanking I just saw uh, late yesterday that uh, apparently apparently this was a headline from the New York Times I'm going to read it to you off my phone. This was breaking news last night, 8.26 p.m. The U.S. is holding more than 9,000 people under a bridge near Texas as a surge of migrants, mostly from Haiti, overwhelms the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol had been overwhelmed before. You know, if Trump were in office now, how this would be talked about. Remember, Trump put people in cages. Trump was running concentration camps on the southern border. Blah, blah, blah. Now, now we've got 9,000 people who just apparently are taking up residence under a bridge under the direction of, I guess, the Border Patrol. we got this whole situation with Afghanistan refugees coming here, which, look, I, when we talked about the, the unmitigated dumpster fire that Biden caused, Biden caused this unmitigated disaster in in Afghanistan, when we talked about this, I mean, we saw those people, and our hearts break for those people who were really, literally uh, prepared, some of them did, to cling to an aircraft in an attempt to get out of the nation before the Taliban took completely over, falling to their deaths. Of course, we also remember that when that plane landed... Uh, there were people that had gotten caught in the landing gear. Just, I, I don't want to get into the gruesomeness of that, but that's how much people want to flee 
a place like Afghanistan. And so that is the the vast majority, statistically speaking, of those folks just want away. They just want to get away from the Taliban and that sort of a heavy-handed, um, oppressive regime. That's what they want. They want to get out of there, and no one can blame them because that is how... That is not how we are meant to live. We are created to be free, given our rights by Almighty God, not to have those oppressed and trampled on by some thugs and bullies in control of our nation. In the case of the Taliban, this is Afghanistan. But that's not how we, that's not how humanity was created to live. Now, in addition to that, we have to be realistic and understand that Statistically speaking, just like, as, as Trump said, there was some bad hombres who came across the, uh, the southern border when uh, j- just from illegal immigration. Of course, there's some bad apples. It doesn't mean that a lot, a lot of folks just want an opportunity. Of course, they're breaking the law. I'm not glossing over that fact, but I understand people wanting to come here. I also understand that people who hate this country will exploit any opportunity that, that, that they have in order to get to the destination of the United States and possibly, um, you know, wage terror. That is certainly a possibility, especially with some of the folks um, in Afghanistan. Again, it's not... I, I feel... <laughs> It, it, it annoys me, to be honest, to feel like I have to to make this point clear. I know you know this. It's really if someone lifts a soundbite and tries to take this out of context. But most of the people just want out of there. However, there may be people, there probably are some people, who are in that group that simply are trying to exploit a path into this great nation. And who knows what they might seek to do if they are here. In fact, I had someone tell me uh, yesterday that some folks, uh, some congressmen, in fact, one of our congressmen here in in Indiana um, is trying to say, hey, we don't know who these people are. There's some concerns here. These are some real and legitimate conversations that that are being uh, that they are that are being had. But this is an unmitigated, disaster in Afghanistan and in a lot of other ways. And so the Democrats know this, getting back to the point off the top. The Democrats know this. They've got a a president who's unpopular, a president that the more we see him in a position of leadership, the more we see him speaking, the more we see him, I don't know, trying to articulate a thought, the more terrified the average American is because we have a president that really doesn't have a clue what's going on. Folks, I, I, I take no pleasure in saying this. Um, I've said this on here before. I don't, I, I don't like that we have a president, no matter what his party, who is not capable of forming coherent sentences or completing thoughts. But that is, in fact, what it appears to me that we have. There's more. It's not just gaffes, right? Biden has always had gaffes, and... Biden, if you go back through history, has been a bad guy. He's been a bad guy as a politician. I mean, you can go back and look at some of the things he's said and done. And, of course, the plagiarism issue back in the late 80s when he ran for president. I mean, this guy, he's been there a half century, right? So there's lots of things that we can take a look at and examine uh, in the public record. But 
this guy's not not been a, a shining example of a good um, a good guy. And now, well, he had gaffes before that, but now he's completely incompetent. They're cutting his microphone. I'm sure you've seen that. That happened maybe late last week or early this week. It's happened multiple times. Biden goes off script, and you know behind the scenes they're panicked. What's this guy going to ask in this forum? I think there was a forum on, I don't know, something in California. I can't even remember at the moment. But anyway, Biden's out there going off script, and they're, they literally cut the microphone and end the stream of the event because they don't, they don't know what the guy's going to say. And this is their reality. They, they know statistically that going into the 2022 midterms that they are going to get shellacked. That's just statistically what happens in midterm elections. They also understand that this will, uh, that will be the first election post-redistricting, which redistricting may in and of itself help Republicans um, pick up just a couple of seats because of the breakup of, of how these states are, uh, their represent, uh, representatives are going to be assigned here. So you've got all this stuff lining up, and then you've got the fact that uh, Biden is unpopular, Kamala is not popular. There is no, there is no clear leader or person for the Democrat Party to rally around, and so they're basically trying to get as much crazy stuff done as they can, and including, by the way, including federalizing the elections, nationalize the elections, so that they can basically keep themselves in power. I've said on here before, they can see the metaphorical finish line, right? They can see the finish line. They know that what they're trying to do is not popular with the people, but behind closed doors, these conversations are um, they are being had where people are saying within the party, within the leadership, look, if you just put your head down and try to get those last couple of yards, you're going to cross the finish line, and you won't be able to lose your seat. You'll be here for life. We'll be the permanent party of power. And my friends, I have no doubt about this. That is the objective here. And then once they have that power, or even... Before then, if they think they may lose it in the midterms, I mean, these are the, the the decisions they're trying to make at this point in time. How aggressive do we get? It looks like we're going to lose unless we can do some things with the election that helps us again. Of course, then they get the whole the whole question about whether or not um, Americans even trust trust their elections anymore. I saw a recent poll. In fact, today I interviewed Patrick Byrne of the America Project for our television show. That'll air here in a couple of weeks. Um, he's, I think he's partnered with, with Mike Lindell, and he was talking with me about Arizona and just some of the things that they'd found and some of the canvassing a- a- efforts. He says, he says, I'm just reporting what he says. I, I haven't seen this myself. I'm not implying that he's making it up. I'm just telling you this is the source of, this information. He says that 15 to 20 percent of the vote in Arizona, he says, he claims is made up, is not real. 15 to 20 percent. And as he pointed out during our interview, I don't want to go through the whole interview. In fact, I, I talked to him about coming on this program, so we'll probably have him on at some point. But point is, 
he said, you know, that this game is played between the 45-yard lines using a football metaphor. It's, you know, 52-48 in a lot of these elections or 54-46, right? You're between the 45s if you look at the metaphor of a football field. But he says if you give one side 15 to 20% to start off, let them start at the 15 or 20-yard line, then it's game over for the other side. So that's really what's going on here. You've got Biden with these these pieces of legislation who's trying to, and not just Biden, the whole Democrat Party, trying to lift limits um, on illegal, well, on, on legal immigration. They're trying to find ways to um, give a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens and so forth. And it's all of this is designed. All of this is designed to help them politically. That's what they're. That's the the end game here. These folks have a thirst, a lust for power and control over your life, over my life, and that is that's where we are right now. That's where we are. And the question is, are we going to let them get away with it? Can they find and find ways to get these shenanigans passed using? as you've seen, reconciliation and all sorts of things. Some Republicans who they've, I don't know, tricked, or it's predictable, but they've tricked them or you know, bought them, um, you know, promised them other things in the future to get their votes on the infrastructure bill, which is packed predominantly with other stuff, just as all these other pieces of legislation are. I mean, it's a mess in Washington, D.C. And, and in this country. But the American people are awake. The American people don't want this. The American people are not happy. 57% of the American people, I started to allude to this point, but 50% of likely voters, I should say, think that there was uh, substantial or very substantial uh, election fraud that may have changed potentially the outcome of the 2020 election, and we're not even allowed to talk about it. We're not even allowed to talk about it. So... Just getting back into the swing of things here as we get uh, get back from vacation. And then, of course, some of these tech problems I've been dealing with here from our remote studio the past couple of days. But I've got to take a timeout. Oz is telling me it's time to take a timeout. She is correct. We'll do that here. Come back and continue our conversation. It's good to be back. Thank you for joining us back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, one of the other things that happened while we were out last week is that um, Biden, of course, made mandates for employers, employers who have, what is it, 100 or more employees. He mandated, which, for the record, means forced, mandated... I'm I'm over I'm simplifying here. Oh, I'm not oversimplifying. I'm I'm simplifying this. Mandating something means you are forcing. You're requiring. Government, by the way, is force. Government, when something is passed into law, basically what that means, I'm again, this is a generalization, but basically what that means is we're not gonna talk about it anymore. You don't have a choice. 
This is this is just how it is. You comply with it or you face the consequences. So there's a mandate that says if you don't, if you have 100 employees or more, I don't know if you have 99, I guess you're fine. I mean, this is the way, there's another way to look at how silly some of this stuff is, but you have 100 employees or more, you have to mandate that they get vaccinated or or they, uh, your employees, that's who I mean by they, um, your employees have to submit to a weekly test, I believe is what it is. And then Biden goes out there and says, this isn't, this isn't about freedom. This isn't about your choice. This isn't about any of that. Of course, it is absolutely about freedom. That, you know, to say that is either disingenuous, um, it's a, or a lie, or it shows his cre- incredible uh, ignorance as to what freedom actually is. Of course, an individual should be able to be free um, to decide what is put inside his or her body. The rest of the world might think, hey, you, it's perfectly fine for you to put that in your body, but it seems to me that it's pretty clear that that should be a fundamental ideal concept of, of freedom. Biden says no, that's not what that is. Now he's all wrong. The question is the question is that we know, we know, or I guess it's the question it comes from this is predicated upon this uh, way of looking at it. People are free to make their choices. The government is is saying that there is a an interest by the state of the state that supersedes your freedom. So what they're saying is what they're saying is you have to submit to their way of doing things, to their requirements, because the interest of the state in protecting the health and safety and physical well-being of its other citizens supersedes your decision to say no to the vaccine. That's what this is about. So the question isn't whether or not this is something one should be free to do. The question is whether or not the state's interests justify them taking away your particular freedom here. That's that's what this is. That's 100% what this is. And Biden's out there saying it's not. It's a stupid thing to say. But, I mean, so is a lot of other things that I hear coming from Biden's mouth and from the radical left. But anyway, that happened while we were gone um, as well. I want to share, since I'm talking about COVID, I think I can, I can do this because I'm not going to name I'm not going to name any names here, but I had someone tell me um, recently that someone in this person's family was diagnosed with COVID and their symptoms worsened over the first few days. Nothing, just, just gradually. Oxygen saturation got down to the, around the levels or at the levels where they tell you to you know, potentially come into the hospital. Fever was high, that sort of thing. And the doctor of this person wrote a prescription for Iver, ivermectin. Ivermectin, that's right, ivermectin. I'm looking at Oz here. I'm also thinking of, this This sounds so much like hydroxychloroquine, the way that we've demonized the drug we've demonized the drug that's been used it's not just in horse dewormer people have prescriptions for ivermectin and they've been using these it's, it didn't start last week in fact it's been used a lot more uh, for a lot longer time than any of these vaccines which if you want to use them 
and, and get a vaccine, fine. But to act like suddenly ivermectin is the one that's not proven here and the vaccine is, is a total distortion of, of reality. And I'm not saying the vaccine isn't safe. I'm not saying it's been proven to be unsafe. Some of you think that it is, and you know, you'll cite the, uh, the, the database that shows that there's tens of thousands of reported deaths, and I understand that too, and that may certainly be, um, there might be truth in that. I'm not suggesting, I, you know, there's a lot of things, I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all these things, but I do know this. I do know the hydroxychloroquine, Hydroxychloroquine was first used in 1955. It's been used for 65 or whatever years. I don't know when ivermectin was first used, but it's been used for some time. And it's not just a horse dewormer. That's what people want you to believe, that all these redneck hayseed hicks who refuse to get vaccinated are going to run to the vet, grab a tube of horse dewormer, and just you know jab it down their throat and you know squirt that horse dewormer down there, and that's how they're going to treat themselves when diagnosed with COVID-19 or as an effort to prevent themselves from getting COVID-19. Now, people have people have gone and sought out uh, some horse dewormer, but that doesn't mean that the drug is not also used legitimately for other purposes with for human beings. That's just a fact. It is. So anyway, this individual went to um, someone in his family, was diagnosed with COVID. The doctor prescribed um, ivermectin. The doctor did. And this individual was had to go to four pharmacies to get it filled. Four pharmacies. Now, not all of them refused to fill it. The first two, I believe, refused to fill it. I'm, I'm trying to go back and remember the details of the story. I wasn't necessarily prepared to tell this, but I'm just thinking about this as I'm as I'm sharing with you today. But anyway, he's the first two didn't fill it. The third one, I think, just simply didn't have it. And they said if they did, they would fill it. And then the fourth pharmacy filled it without without any questions. Of course, at least one of those pharmacies, there was a, a drama. They they were basically that the pharmacist was kind of acting in a condescending fashion towards this individual about even going in there with a prescription for ivermectin. I mean, the doctor gives it to you. It's it's, it's insane to me. The pharmacist is saying this doctor can't prescribe, can't practice medicine the way he or she chooses to do it. I'm the boss. I'm the pharmacist. Now, I understand there's shortages and there's all of that, but this was not what this was about. This was the position, the policy of this particular pharmacy to not fill it because it was not approved, I think, officially approved by the FDA for this uh, for this purpose. It's off-label, as they say. Well, there's a lot of things we don't know about the vaccine, too, but that's okay. It's, it's just incredible to me the lack of sense and judgment and ability to just have a, a series of logical thoughts in one's mind and then come to come to a conclusion. By the way, this individual shared with me that the person that uh, took the ivermectin, the human form, the legitimate legal prescribed form by a doctor, not a doctor of veterinary medicine, this individual began improving the next day, and they credit. I'm just telling this is one study. This isn't. 
or one anecdotal piece of evidence. This is not a study that's been conducted, but this person believes that that drug helped get this individual past a kind of a dangerous time, a potentially dangerous time for COVID or with COVID-19. They could be wrong, but that was at least what happened. Again, it reminds me so much of hydroxychloroquine. Remember, Trump came out and touted hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19. And basically, the rest of the world, the, the, the media and the liberals uh, in, in medicine basically started criticizing anyone for saying anything about hydroxychloroquine. They wanted us to think that it was a dangerous drug. drug. It's one of, the, one of the safest drugs. It's, one of the, it's on the list of drugs uh, by the World Health Organization uh, I don't know the name of the list, but basically it's a it's a list that says these are critical medications for a country to have in case of health problems in their general population. They need to have hydroxychloroquine. They made made it sound like hydroxychloroquine uh, was the equivalent of trying to administer uh, a suicide suicide pill or some such thing. Same things happening here with ivermectin. No, it is not just a horse dewormer. Yes, it has been used in human beings for some time. Yes, it is being used in human beings today. And yes, apparently pharmacies are now interfering with doctors' abilities to practice medicine because they don't think the drug should be used as doctors think that it should. Last time I checked, I thought pharmacists were supposed to simply fill the prescription, make sure that the proper dosages were given, follow the doctor's orders, make sure that there's no drug interactions, that sort of thing, not actually be prescribing medicine or making those decisions. But here we are, and I'm sure this is being applauded in some circles because ivermectin is something that's been touted and used by conservatives. And I'm not making the case for ivermectin. If you get COVID, make sure you talk to your doctor to, to see what you should do. But to act like it's some deadly disease that's only or a deadly drug that's only used for horses is simply not true. The people who say that are either ignorant or deliberately trying to mislead, deceive, or mock those who are taking it. So, quick timeout is in order. I gotta take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. back my friends you know i was gonna play cnn's out there cnn's out there good old cnn don lemon and tough guy chris cuomo i these guys are entertaining as heck to me and they don't mean to be i just they live in an alternative universe they have no idea in fact i sometimes kind of imagine i think what would they do i think about some of the things you know growing up in a in a rural semi-rural community bailing hay picking sweet corn uh, hauling, you know, sheetrock, tearing off shingles, that kind. Of, I just picture Don Lemon. I just, I remember when he told us he tried to tell us that he was accused sometimes of being a conservative by people. I mean, this kind of stuff entertains me to no end. Now they're on CNN over at CNN telling us uh, basically it's time to to shun the unvaccinated. 
we just we just the, the well the folks who are unvaccinated simply um, are just stupid. They you know you can't reason with them. You shouldn't even try to reason with them. In fact, you should just shun them. I mean, just there's nothing else left to do. In fact, I'm going to play a little bit of this. I've gone back and forth as to whether I wanted to play this or not. I do want to play it, but I, there's so many other things I want to get to. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to play some of this so you can catch a a glimpse of some of this absolute unmitigated stupidity uh, by Don Lemon and tough guy Chris Cuomo. Just listen to this. Listen to this stupid back and forth conversation as they as they pitch from one program to the other. I don't even know which one comes on first. I don't care. They're both equally insane and stupid. The programs are the things that they try to tell you on this station. But just listen to this <laughs> this pitch. Um, this tossing it to the next guy. Listen to this stupid stuff. People, when it comes to this and the vaccine saying, oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. The people who aided and abetted Trump are stupid because they believed his big lie. The people who are not getting vaccines, who are believing the lies on the Internet Mm -hmm. instead of science. It's time to start shaming them. What else? Shame them. Leave them behind. Leave us behind. Where are you going to leave them? Because they are keeping the majority of Americans behind. This is, no. You don't feel that way about the polio vaccine. You don't feel that way about measles, mumps, rubella when it comes to your children. And all of a sudden, this vaccine By the way, is different. it is actually different. In fairness, it is different. It's not, you know, normally in a vaccine, say the flu vaccine, there's uh, dead, dead virus. That's not what this is. This is an mRNA vaccine, which actually uh, is supposed to program a response in your cells to fight a certain spiked uh, protein that hits, and it's supposed to uh, keep the virus from replicating or some such thing. It is different to answer his question. Um, but he mentioned measles. I saw I saw somewhere today that the measles, there, there's concern that there's a measles outbreak. I think it's from the Afghan refugees. The Afghan refugees, which we reference at the top of of the program, measles outbreak, that they're concerned with something happening with that and spreading to folks. But again, this whole thing, I, I was telling, if your vaccine works, I I understand. I understand people who say, Look, if we allow this virus to continue to replicate and to spread from person to person, it could evolve or mutate to a point that it works around the effectiveness of someone else's vaccine. I understand that argument. But the problem is vaccinated people can get the disease as well. Now, vaccinated people, they tell us, and it appears to be true. Again, I'm not the scientist doctor here, but it appears that it's, True that vaccinated people are less likely to get severe, uh, severely ill or hospitalized or to die from COVID. Um, but that doesn't affect, that shouldn't affect um, another person who has the vaccine. What's that got to do with, with them? If someone has decided they don't want the vaccine and it, it kills them, I mean, that's tragic and that's terrible. We shouldn't We shouldn't try to... Shame them as Don Lemon's out here arguing. But it's not 
directly affecting the, the vaccinated. Kamala Harris last week said we've got to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, whatever the world that's supposed to mean. But this is, it's illogical, right? If, if the vaccinated can still get the disease, maybe they don't get as, you know, harmed by it, which is a good thing. But the, va- the, the disease is still spreading. It can still mutate if they pass it, if the vaccinated pass it to, to one another. So this doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Don Lemon wants you to believe that the unvaccinated are harming the vaccinated. And that's simply not what's happening here. Simply not what's happening. In fact, I told my wife, it's like, it's like a couple who says we're not ready to have children tell the girl across the street to take birth control. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it could make sense if something nefarious is happening there, but assuming nothing nefarious is happening and the couple is, you know, true to one another, you can't ask someone else to do something that's going to protect you in that sort of situation. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So, anyway, there's more to this. I don't have time to play it, but it's more stupidity when you get down to it. It's entertaining, but Don Lemon, the arrogance, the condens- uh, just how condescending they are, how much smarter and better they think they are than the rest of flyover country is truly remarkable to me. It couldn't last five seconds here. Got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back so many things going on so many things currently going on so many things going on while we've been out so many things happening probably as i speak it's impossible to stay on top of everything we've got these these large bills that are working them themselves or working their way through congress the infrastructure bill and this big budget bill that the left is using reconciliation for in the Senate again, which means they only need 51 votes. So that's going on. We got this situation um, with General uh, Milley, who was calling the Chinese government, I can't even get into the Chinese general, and basically told the general, and this is what's being reported from Bob Woodward's book, and someone else wrote the book with him. I'm drawing a blank at the moment. But the report is, if you want to believe, who knows what to believe, but it's being reported that um, Millie called this Chinese general and basically said if in the waning days of Trump's presidency he decides to launch some sort of attack, I'm going to call and warn you first. She'll basically be the first to know. Now, who knows, again, what that means, but... Just, again, it reminds me of Nancy Pelosi wanting to take the nuclear codes from Trump. Remember all this? Supposed to believe Trump was the biggest danger and threat to the United States of America. Nancy Pelosi has to step in. The general has to step in. All these folks are trying to save America from Trump. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're completely just abdicating their responsibilities under the Constitution or... Maybe I should say that's not the way to say that. Actually, uh, infringing upon the president's responsibilities as commander-in-chief under the Constitution. No one seems to care about that. Again, if that's if that's 
correct and so forth in the reporting. But so much going on. So much going on as well. But anyway, quick timeout. Come back and try to tie this up here for the week. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. It's great to be back, by the way. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I should tell you, I should tell you that I, we've got some new sound equipment. I mentioned earlier in the program the reason that, and actually I was going to get this new sound equipment anyway, but the reason um, I got it now instead of waiting a little bit longer is because, of course, leaving with the Truth Tour, but also um, looking at looking at the situation with my current soundboard it, it just made sense to get it to get it now so today's program I've been kind of messing with this soundboard that we literally just got today and I like it there's a lot of opportunities and and options and so forth for this some things that I've been wanting to do for some time so long as Oz obliges and lets us do them but one other headline I want to get to you here in the waning, uh, moments of the program and I don't understand to me this is precisely 180 degrees out of out of whack here we've got a headline here that says the Pope let me find this really quickly the Pope um, basically says that abortion is murder but says American bishops should not get involved in Politics. So, in other words, he's he's if the, this report is right, and I read the article. It's at the very tail end, uh, uh, explanation of what uh, of of what he said. Basically, it sounds like what he's saying is that people should be interest or bishops should be counseling people who are in need of uh, some pastoral care concerning abortion instead of speaking out with it against it publicly, which to me is exactly the wrong thing to do. We need to be vocal. We need to stand up. We need to be the church. We need to speak and articulate truth. But anyway, what do I know? Got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>